The Giants had four runs, four batters into this game, and they did not score again, but the pitching made it hold up, even though it was a bullpen game. And so just overall, a really great win for the Giants, who have won six out of seven and are just one game under 500 now. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes, Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already. And please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And coming up on today's show, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, we've got these clean new graphics, and you can see uh, over here... Uh, what's coming up on today's show? The uh, the four-run first inning, four batters into the game, the Giants had four runs, and that was it. No more runs, very few hits after that, and it was enough. Also, the pitching just stepped up big in a bullpen game. Sean Manaya had what was probably his best outing as a Giant it, uh, out of the bullpen. And then also, does Casey Schmidt, as much of a spark plug as he's been, is he chasing too much? So all of that coming up. But... Just to speak to the offense and the fact that four batters into the game, they had a four run lead and that they went cold after that. You know, it's a somewhat problematic recurring theme in that the Giants have a tendency to not be able to add on. I will point out that the Twins pitching is really, really good. They come into this series uh, as one of the best pitching teams in the league by pretty much any uh, metric you look at. And when I say the league, I mean all of Major League Baseball. And the pitcher the Giants jumped on in the first came into the game with an ERA in the ones. And so, you know, he was averaging less than two runs per nine innings. And the Giants had four runs before he even recorded an out. It took him like 30 pitches to get the first out of the inning. And so that was great. And what it was, was, you know, Lamont Wade Jr. just continuing to do what he's done all season long, which is get on base and, you know, draw walks. His on base percentage, 421 among the leaders in the league. Uh, his walk rate, 19.9%, like one out of every five times he's come up to hit. He has drawn a walk, and that is just an incredible rate. And I don't have the leaderboard pulled up, although I could do it. But I guarantee you it's either first or in the top three in Major League Baseball with that walk rate. And so forget batting average, right? If you're just a batting average aficionado and you're like, that's how I'm going to judge Lamont Wade Jr., 252 batting average. Well, you're missing, you're missing the big flashing... 421 on base percentage, which is one of the best in the league and is way more important than batting average. And then also Wade Jr. hits for power 
It's got a 213 isolated power, just a 17.5% strikeout rate, which is much lower than league average. So a great season he's having. And once again, he got the Giants started there with a walk. And then Mike Yastrzemski, who, you know, it stinks for him. He hasn't had a hit since coming off the injured list. He was in a groove when he got hurt and now kind of predictably coming off the IL, uh, he's out of whack. And so fortunately, he was able to draw the walk there, but he hasn't been able to, you know, hit the ball hard or hit it kind of how he wants to since coming off the IL. A couple of Giants had couple Giants hitters had days off yesterday in Tyro Estrada and Mitch Hanniger. And so that put Yastrzemski up into the number two spot in the order. And, you know, big first inning walk there. And then J.D. Davis just doubles, just dingers, just defense, just doubles. Davis uh, hit a double off of Bailey Ober and it scored a run. And Giants were up one nothing, and it was second and third with nobody out still. And Michael Conforto, who has, you know, he struggled mightily to begin the season, but all of a sudden he's been an above average overall player with a 106 weighted runs created plus with 100 being league average. And if we look back over his lot since uh, May 9th, which is when, he turned it around. He's hitting 317, 383 on base, 707 slugging. It's a 188 weighted runs created plus walk rate of 10.6%, which is actually lower than his season walk rate, but the strikeout rate just 14.9% compared to his season strikeout rate of 26.7%. And so kind of predictably some early season struggles for Michael Conforto coming off a you know literally missed season and so it's good to see him doing things like this he also drew a walk later in the game and also shout out like to Blake Sable who they didn't get him out either he was the next batter up hitting fifth in this lineup that didn't have Hanniger or Tyro and Gabe Kapler just highly complimentary of Blake Sable after the game and for good reason I mean the dude has just performed and by wins above replacement, he's actually been by Fangraphs wins above replacement because ticks me off when we use WAR like it's a like it's not a a metric that takes unique calculations. It's not like home runs that you can just count. It is something that is a little more nuanced than that, and so we have to cite whose WAR are we using. A lot of people use Baseball Reference. I'm using Fangraphs. They're not exactly the same in how they calculate it what they're using to make the number. But anyway, by Fangraph's war, Blake Sable has been the fourth best Giants, fourth most productive Giants offensive player. And I don't doubt it. I mean, he's hit 281. He's got a 349 on base, 479 slugging, just had tremendous plate appearances all night. It's not like the total offense went stagnant all night because he continued to grind out at bats, had two walks, and then hit a double that was very nearly a homer uh, towards the end of the game. Blake, uh, excuse me, Patrick Bailey also was having a little bit of a down night at the plate, but hit a very similar ball to the one Blake Sable hit to the opposite field as a left-handed hitter, drove it to left, and it was caught at the wall, but a nice swing by Bailey and, you know, Sable's even a little bit nicer. So 
Good to see all of that. And obviously you'd like the offense to continue to add on, but you are facing good pitching. But certainly it it has been a recurring theme, and so it's something you'd like to see them clean up. So coming up in just a minute, as it says over my left shoulder, we're going to be talking about the pitching. The pitching may have been the biggest story of this game, actually. And it was a bullpen game. A lot of people criticize the bullpen games, but Giants do pretty well in them. And in this case, they held the Twins to one run. And so the standouts from the bullpen in the bullpen game coming up in just a minute. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed Digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, SoRare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So Rare recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All right, here we go. We are going to discuss the pitching. May have been the biggest story of this game. Obviously, the offense, Gabe Kapler credited Lamont Wade Jr. with, he said it may have been the biggest at-bat of the game. Technically not an at-bat, right? A plate appearance. Walk is not an at-bat. But anyway, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to be breaking down this terrific pitching matchup with Alex Cobb going for the Giants against Sonny Gray, who's been absolutely phenomenal this season. The Giants play the Twins tonight at 440 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. And so, yes, I want to discuss the pitching. A lot of people like gripe about bullpen games. Uh, just note that the Giants are not the only team that does this. Pretty much every team these days does has to do this from time to time. And uh, the reasoning is many fold. I mean, we can point to what actually transpired last night, which is that the Twins kind of got played a little bit in how they set their lineup. Uh, they basically didn't seemingly expect Sean Mania to pitch in this game. Sean Mania being a left-handed pitcher and... John Brebbia being a right-handed pitcher. And so I think what happened was the Twins thought that the Giants were going to go to probably Tristan Beck after John Brebbia and not Sean Manaya. And the reason for this is that they saw him throwing a bullpen before the game, and they thought that meant he wasn't going to be the guy to come in after Brebbia. And so they, they made some lineup changes prior to the game. Like they had Donovan Solano in the starting lineup, former giant great i mean former great giant donovan solano in the starting lineup but they substituted him out before the game and put in joey gallo it's like a platoon situation there meaning they expected a righty to follow john brebbia but john brebbia went out there 
what's new he continued to do well in this opener role one clean scoreless inning with two strikeouts and uh then sean manaya sean manaya did come in and what happened was the twins were caught off guard by this to the point where they substituted out a player julian i think it's edward julian who uh was a left-handed hitter who was in the starting lineup and they pinch hit for him before he ever had a plate appearance and so suddenly he you've burned a player before he he even gets a chance to hit and they also then as soon as the leadoff spot came back up and uh kirilov who's another lefty was at the top of the lineup and they substituted him out after one plate appearance and so it enabled the giants to have better matchups later in the game as they were able to go to a bunch of righties to face the righties that the twins brought in to face manaya so it's a little bit complicated i hope that all of that made sense but basically the opener strategy it kind of forces the opposing manager to try to guess and figure like you have to set your lineup and if you have a guy like Beck and Manaya, one a righty, one a lefty, it can allow you to pivot based on how the opponent sets the lineup. And you can, like, if they stack, if they put in lefties, like the Twins did, you can go to your lefty in Manaya and get more favorable matchups for him based on how they set their lineup. And if they do it the opposite, then you can go to Beck instead. So anyway, Sean Manaya, though, like getting to the actual performance was a bit wild. I mean, he was definitely wild, but he was also when he was able to throw strikes, which was often enough, he had his best outing as a giant. He went three and two thirds innings. He struck out eight and he was just kind of overpowering with his four seam fastball and was able to kind of use his slider pretty effectively at times. At times it was, this is the thing with Manaya. They, they nailed it on the broadcast talking about him is that he's got a lot of non-competitive misses but when he's in the zone at least yesterday he was kind of untouchable and to me like the arm some the ball's coming out of his hand a little bit differently I don't know if the arm angle is a little bit different but the ball was kind of jumping out of his hand especially that four seam fastball and so it was just a really good outing the three walks and there was a lot of three ball counts in which he got the guy out. And so it, you know, he was, he was kind of teetering on what could have been a poor outing if you don't execute those pitches in three ball counts. But he did when all was said and done, he did execute those pitches. And so credit where credit's due, three walks, three hits, no runs, eight strikeouts in three and two thirds. So just a very encouraging appearance by Sean Manaya. I don't know that it's enough that I would just say, okay, he's back in the starting rotation, but this is what you want to see as he tries to figure it out. So he went three and two thirds and then Tristan Beck followed it up and was just almost, I mean, untouchable. He did end up giving up a home run. It was the only blemish, one hit, one run. It was a solo homer no walks, four strikeouts, just had generally really good command and life on his fastball and a good slider uh, to go along with it. Got out of a big situation he inherited from, uh, from Sean Manaya. It was second and third, two outs with Byron Buxton coming up. And so, you know, with one swing, it's a totally different game. Even a single scores two runs and it's a totally different game. But Bet got out of it on one pitch and then went on to pitch 
two and two thirds and only allowed the solo homer. And then Tyler Rogers uh, walked the first battery face, but then struck out two to get out of a jam. And Scott Alexander saved it in the ninth. He hit that first batter he faced, but then got a double play on the next pitch and then got a soft line out to end the game. And so the bullpen has been, you know, much maligned, criticized, and rightfully so in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, like lately and on the last homestand when the Giants went five and one, and then last night, they've just been doing a much better job. And so it's obviously great to see. And also, I think it's more in line with expectations. Guys like Brebbia, guys like Scott Alexander, these are good relievers with track records. And then Tristan Beck, obviously a young player who's got good stuff and had good command last night. And then Sean Manaya, they obviously expect a lot more out of him than what they have received through, through the first quarter or so of the season. And last night was more of what they expected. And so nice to see a little bit of like, regression to the mean for some of these guys who have track records and it materialized last night and improved the giants to 23 and 24 they're still under 500 but with a win tonight they can improve back to 500 for the first time since they were three and three and so and yeah i mean the twins are in first place this is not a bad team they're they were 14 and 8 at home coming into this game so it was a big win for the giants but were there any negatives? Is there any neg even, you know, the excitement about the young players was the theme of yesterday's show. Yet I have a concern about Casey Schmidt. Yes. And that concern is, does he chase too much? I'll tell you what the numbers say and what my feeling is and what I've seen with my eyes, all of that in just a minute. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event doesn't have to be stressful and really shouldn't be stressful. And for me, it often has been in the past. I, I'm someone who really worries about getting the best price. And, you know, I'm scouring these other websites and I'm just not always sure that I'm getting the best price. You might buy uh, too soon, too late or whatever and end up regretting your decision to make the, to pull the trigger on what you did. And also images of seat views is something that I would really value, but you don't always get. And all of that is solved with game time. They have images of seat views and the lowest price guarantee that game time guarantee means you'll get uh, that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time, will credit you 110% of the difference total game changer because those those worries about not getting the best price are completely alleviated with the game time guarantee so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed All right. As promised, we're going to discuss Casey Schmidt. We've already discussed this a little bit, but now we've got a little bit more data uh, to work with and more, not just data, but watching every single at bat that he takes. And he's an aggressive hitter. So does he chase too much? Is his success sustainable if he keeps swinging the way he's swinging? Uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. Breaking down 
Game two, can the Giants get back to 500? It's going to be tough against Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray hasn't allowed a home run all season. I think that's unsustainable. So I'm calling it tonight is the night he gives up his first homer of the year. Giants hit a lot of homers, and perhaps that could be the difference and propel the Giants to victory as it was last night. Three-run homer by Conforto made all the difference. Giants play the Twins tonight at 440 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. And so, does Casey Schmidt chase too much? That is the question of the day for me, and let's just do a little bit of a breakdown on what Schmidt has done now in 51 plate appearances. So, yes, that is a very small sample. People think sometimes small sample means like four at bats, but hundred, a couple hundred plate appearances can be a small sample, and certainly fifty-one is. But for Schmidt, last time we checked in, I was saying the numbers are just bonkers and they're ridiculous, and obviously they're not going to last. Well, we've had some regression here towards normalization, and what we've seen is that he's hit three fifty-three. Uh, then you look at the on-base percentage, three fifty-three, meaning zero walks still in fifty-one plate appearances. 549 slugging it's a 147 weighted runs created plus and so uh still obviously well above average offensively that's what that 147 number means 100 is league average 47 means about 47 percent above league average offense and so i mean there's there's a couple things going on here number one before i get to the criticisms when you're only striking out 15.7% of the time, so you're making a lot of contact, it's kind of okay. Like you can possibly get away with being a super aggressive swinger. It's, it's a problem if you're chasing and you're swinging and missing a lot and you're just like striking out all the time, then it's a total problem and it's almost unsolvable unless you just really rein in your contact issues but that's not what's going on with schmidt he's for the most part making contact he's making contact on 90 percent of pitches swung at in the strike zone which is a good number that i believe is significantly better than the league average i'll also point out though that he's got a 390 batting average on balls in play and that's really high uh projections for schmidt have him in the range of 300 to 310 for a batting average on balls in play. Now, in the minor leagues, he's consistently been in the high 300s and even 400s, but I nobody does that in the major leagues over a sustained period. Maybe in the mid-300s, J.D. Davis is a guy who runs batting average on balls in play around 350 for his career. And so, uh, but 390 is not going to last. And so when that starts to dip, and say it just, say it even goes down to 350, you're talking about shaving off you know, generally speaking, about 40 points of batting average. And when you do that, you're also shaving off 40 points of on-base percentage if you're not walking at all. And so basically, I am concerned that he chases too much and he swings too much. If we look at, you know, he's only had 51 plate appearances, like I said, but if we set the minimum to 50 plate appearances and we search for who has been who chases the most, who has the highest chase rate. Uh, it's not Casey Schmidt, but he finds himself tied for the third highest chase rate in Major League Baseball at 50%. That means literally half of pitches 
outside of the strike zone he has swung at. And that is, like I said, tied for the third highest in Major League Baseball. And if you look at some of the other names who are on this list towards the top in terms of chasing, you're going to find a lot of guys who are struggling offensively. And, you you know, you've got just a lot, just generally speaking, it's not a good thing. But you do have your, you know, here and there productive players like uh, the the guy who stands out the most is Salvador Perez, who's just a total free swinger. But because he's got so much power and because he doesn't strike out too much, he makes it work. But it's generally not a great thing if you're chasing over. I mean, if you're chasing close to 50 percent, 50 percent of pitches outside of the zone are swung at. It's it's just not a great thing you want to see. Let's look at the highest swing rate in Major League Baseball. It belongs to Casey Schmidt, minimum 50 plate appearances. Nobody swings at more pitches, or at least has swung at more pitches, just in general, than Casey Schmidt at 64.2%. So he's up there to swing. He's not up there to take. And you might think, who cares? Well, just in my view, you know, the pitchers will say, okay, this guy is a total free swinger and start throwing him balls basically and his adjustment is going to have to be to be more patient otherwise if you're just swinging this much and like i said he's swinging outside the zone also it's not just he's swinging inside the zone then you've got problems but the the zone contact rate of 90 percent for schmidt the outside the zone contact rate is only 55 percent. but it's almost like you kind of don't want to make contact on pitches outside the zone sometimes because you don't want to put those balls in play because you're not going to hit them with authority. So there's still a lot to be seen here and it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts. But in the meantime, there, there is some concern there for me that the whole kind of package offensively doesn't work. If some of these trends continue, I want to see improvement in these areas. Uh, But defensively, I think that's what gives him enough floor. Like he doesn't have to be a stud. He doesn't have to be a stud offensive player, but that would limit him from being the star that I think people hope that he'll be if he uh, can't fix some of these issues. Although there are exceptions, like I said, with Salvador Perez, there are players who can just be total free swingers and and make it work. Uh, But think about like Javier Baez. I think there's a little less like hit tool in Javier Baez. Baez just sells out for power on every single swing. Whereas Schmidt with the low strikeout rate and, you know, we've seen him go line to line in his brief MLB career, kind of uh, super aggressive, but able to find the barrel and go line to line and, and not just sell out for power. Uh, so he's kind of unique a little bit, but you know, we'd like to see a little more selectivity. I'm sure the Giants would like to see a little bit more selectivity, but the defense continued to be great. He made a nice play in the game last night, and it's just a joy to watch him play defense and show off that arm. And so anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow, breaking down a great pitching matchup. Alex Cobb and Sonny Gray Like I said, Sonny Gray has not allowed a homer. Nobody just doesn't allow a homer, especially a starting pitcher who pitches so many innings. And so the Giants hit a lot of homers. The stars are aligned. 
I'm calling it. Sonny Gray is going to give up a homer, and we'll be breaking it down tomorrow with the everydayers. The Giants play the Twins tonight at 440 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.